Okay, we are back, and we are on episode 11 with Shit Gets Real. We're super excited. Today, we're going to kind of do a out-of-the-box sort of um, podcast. What we're doing is we're going to answer some questions that we've received from either clients or people on our team, anybody that's asked us a question. So, Courtney's actually going to read them to us today, we're going to answer them. All right. Okay, so your first question is, are real estate agents considered essential workers? Okay, so nobody actually identified us as essential workers, but we certainly worked, essentially, (laughs) through the whole thing. So, I think, um, let's see, I was in Tallahassee. COVID happened, came back. There was really only a week that we were kind of like trying to assess what to do. And then, boom, we worked a lot Mm -hmm. over COVID. And I don't think they necessarily said real estate agents, but we were essential because of housing. People still needed to find a home to live in because they were relocating. Yeah, so housing was essential, Uh which fell back on, you know, loan officers and title agencies. And everybody just had to kind of figure out a way to do their business in the COVID way. That's right. Yeah. Which oh. has changed a lot. Yeah, so I remember that one week. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did kind of enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Because I've always thought, you know, if you lived like in the mountains and you get snowed in and you're like, oops, sorry, yeah. I'm snowed in, can't work today, right? Yeah. It's in a, Florida, we don't have any excuse. We don't. Well, I would like to, one day I would like to say, it's just too damn humid outside for me. <laughs> I cannot help you today. But I don't think that would ever happen. <laughs> So yeah, it was kind of kind of nice. Not that we think COVID was nice, no. but it was an opportunity that one week to kind of hunker down. Mm-hmm. Um, but we uh, had to take a lot of precautions, a lot of weird ways of doing things, and we carried our big bag of gear with our sprays yeah, it and sanitizers. changed everything. The way how we even still in twenty twenty one, it kind of changed the way. We do things. I mean, we're pretty much back to normal showings and mm-hmm. all that. But I still have clients that like virtual. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Things change. Mm -hmm. Next. Can real estate agents work from home? Well, kind of falls into that question. Mm -hmm. We did manage to do that because uh, we did keep the office shut down. How long was the office shut down? Do you guys remember? Five months? Six months? Was it that long? You worked from home that long? Yeah. So we closed down March 20th because it was the day the school shut down. Yeah. Or March 13th, actually, then. And we went back, like, June or July. Okay. Wow, I don't remember that. I think it was June because it was, because I went on vacation in May because everything started clearing up here. That's why, like, the numbers were down. They started, like, releasing people or whatever, like, the holdings. I went on vacation, and I think it was, like, the month after I came back would have been, like, the end of June. That makes sense. I think that's right. So, you know, we did. We can operate from home, and um, a lot of people do that. I mean, there are some brokerages that are strictly... Cloud-based is yeah, what they cloud say. Yeah, cloud-based. You know, and Celine and I are funny because we uh, really like having a home base, even though we don't, we're don't, we not in the office very often, but uh, kind of a place where we can do these podcasts and different yeah. things that we do as a group, as a team. Um, so we enjoy having that neutral area. And I understand there's kind of a new trend going on where, at least here in Greater Tampa, where you can rent an office space. Yeah, somebody buys a building and then I forget what they call it. Office share, share, co-working, co-working is that what they call it? Yeah, co-working. Um, 
and we always throw around the idea of getting rid of the office and working from home, but it just logistically never works out because one, we have a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, but well, then the girls and what about this? And what about that? And it just doesn't work out. And look at it. They really want to work from home. And we're kind of <laughs> like male cats. Like if, <laughs> if we were we had an office everything. every Tuesday, then be like, Ooh, I'm home solution team girls with all this pink. <laughs> look, they left glitter on the floor. Yeah. So, you know, we just find it challenging. Uh, so, Selena and I, when, in, early in our team from home. career, we worked from home. And, our, you know, both of our garages were full. Our husbands were always angry. Uh, it was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we tried it, but we didn't like it. Yeah. We might try it again, but probably not. Girls don't get super excited. <laughs> I just said that to make them cooler. Okay. Next. What, uh, what do real estate agents do? What don't they do? Yeah. So anything from the beginning to help you find a lender, you know, if you're new to the area, they navigate you, they help you navigate through the process, you know, they help you stick to a budget, they're like, they're a counselor, a marriage counselor at times, sometimes they get in some sticky situations with spouses and you're like, Mm -hmm. all right guys, let's think about it this way. But I mean, we kind of do everything that is involved in the process, I mean, at least for us, so we're not the type of agent that... We get you under contract, and then we just, you don't hear from us and see us at the closing table. Yeah. We're really involved in everything from, you know, we speak to the lender, we are involved in the inspection, we, with the appraiser, all this stuff. Um, so that's one thing about us that I thought was really good. We're, you know, we don't just, like, forget about you. Yeah. Even after closing. And the thing about a real estate agent, I think to be a good real estate agent, you have to always be um, interested in your industry, you know, reading articles Mm -hmm. and, you know, listening to your peers and, you know, uh, kind of diving into, you don't have to be an expert on, you know, mortgage lending, but you have to really understand it and how it changes and and have some good resources. So I think a good agent is going to have some really good resources Mm -hmm. that they can turn to. And professional relationships where you can pick up the phone and say, hey, I have a title question to the mm-hmm. title people. Or, hey, I have a lending question to the lending people. To have those connections really makes a, a good agent. Yeah. And then, you know, continuing education. Yeah, right? I mean, that's super important. And in fact, I'm, um, I'm guilty of not, I feel like I don't. We do our continued education yearly, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's more things I could probably take. And and I'm weird. I mean, she, you're kind of the same way. We'll go to these classes and we're like, yeah, we already knew that. Why'd we go to that? Yeah. But I always feel like maybe there's something that we don't, there's, we don't know everything. Sure. Right? So we're always learning and maybe, but then when you walk away from a class, you're like, oh, I didn't learn anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> didn't learn anything there. So. Yeah. Um. Real estate agents, you hit the nail on the head when you said counselor. I mean, because that is really something I see often is when you have a couple, whether they're married, boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, Mm -hmm. girl, whatever, a couple of two people who are trying to purchase a home you know their their uh, wish lists are different their criteria is different and real estate's all about compromise so it's really trying to help them each compromise but be fair to to both people right yeah because the whole process is emotional even though you know we try to 
tell you, don't, you know, don't get upset. And you try to take the emotion out of it. It's really hard to take emotion out of if you find a house that you really want and mm-hmm. you're scared you're going to get it or your spouse doesn't like it and you really like it. Um, so you're kind of a mediator at that point. You and are. you're like, okay, let's talk about the pros and the cons of each of this. And, you know, it sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. And is. And I think another thing that real estate agents good real estate agents do is manage personalities really well. Yeah. You know, because you deal with so many different people and, you know, what's that chart where you're an A-type personality? Disc. The disc. The disc, yeah. So it's, you know, no matter what we are as a person, it's like we have to mold and kind of work. We have to identify that person and their personality and how they learn and how they listen and how they communicate and, uh, you know. Yeah, and some, I mean, there's been times where I've worked with clients and I'm like Tony they're we're not jiving she takes over and they mesh so well so it's kind of that a benefit that happened very often twice I can remember yeah it's burned in my brain <laughs> <laughs> wait didn't I have people oh yes. got really mad at me because um you know I helped Selena out I think you were on vacation I was on vacation so I think I went to her final walk you did and you ate my cookies <laughs> she gave Selena cookies, but I wasn't going to see Selena for like seven days. What was I supposed to do with these cookies? And I ate them. Because she makes really good cookies. <laughs> she really got mad. She was upset. But anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we have certain people. You know, I feel like out of 100 clients, 98 of my clients really like me. Yeah, no, you I know, do too. People, you can't, not everybody's going to uh-huh. like you, right? And, you know, I. it's really, um, it, it bothers us when we have a client that doesn't, doesn't mm-hmm. like us or the experience kind of wasn't rewarding or something was just yeah. a little off. Yeah. You know, but that's going to happen. If you, if you think you're going to have a perfect record, you're just delusional. But overall, I mean, there's out of those 98 that liked me, there's a handful within there that become really good friends. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, that you, you just love forever you know and there are loyal clients and they're the ones that are handing out our business cards and helping us get other clients and so i think we've kind of gone off topic though but (laughs) what was the question (laughs) (laughs) what do real estate agents do (laughs) and it kind of morphed into people liking us so it's all it's all this so what do you do? Okay, so you get up in the morning and you drink coffee or tea or something with the caffeine in it. Yep. Um, that's how we avoid doing drugs. And then we get, in, you know, dressed and um, we plan our day. Typically for Selena and I, our week is kind of planned a week in advance. Mm-hmm. Um that doesn't mean it doesn't change every week, but um, literally, we try to plan the upcoming week, the prior for week the at first. the very least. And then for big things that we're doing, these podcasts, for example, Team on the Town, different things that we do, we try to plan them out months in advance. Yeah, so they're always on the same day, same time. And sometimes things will come up, but most of the time we, we stick to it. Um, yeah, so I... And we so after I get my coffee, get the family taken care of. Brooklyn's off to school, or she's eating breakfast, whatever she's doing. Then I look at the hot sheet, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And if we have active clients that are looking for houses, we um, shoot those off in the morning. Yeah, because there is a chance, you know, maybe they're going to want to see one that day if if you can get in that day, you know. So I like everyone to get their their listings early on, and. 
I like, so it's weird. It's kind of like a competition for me. I don't ever want my client to send me a new listing before <laughs> I send it to them. Because then I'm like, oh, how did I miss that one, right? <laughs> so if, if I get on that hot sheet early, then I know I can send it to them early yeah. enough and be like, yay, okay. But. And for me, I always have like on my to-do list is update buyers, Mm-hmm. You know, and then update listings, mm-hmm. right? So if, you know, this doesn't happen now, but if I had a listing that, say, went on the market and didn't get a contract over the weekend, then I would go to see why. Mm-hmm. Like, what other houses went under contract since we listed and that kind of research? Um, because we are not happy with that. But yeah. in this market, that doesn't happen. Um, but touching base with the sellers, because, you know, a lot of complaints we hear from sellers is that, you know, you put a sign in my yard, you put a lockbox on my door, and I never heard from you again, yeah. right? And that's not how we work. Mm-hmm. So we're always talking with our sellers, uh, communicating with our buyers, and then, you know, we even though we have a transaction manager who manages our closings, that does not mean that we're no part of the closing. Mm-hmm. So we're always touching base on that, making sure everything's getting done, um, and then going on appointments. Yeah. You know. All right. So we're getting told to wrap up. Can real estate uh, be a side hustle? Can real estate be a side hustle? In my opinion, no. No, I don't think so. I mean, not if you ever truly want to, like, move forward in your career in it. I mean, I get it. It's kind of like, so I'll give you an example. I had a buyer. We went under contract, and um, the listing agent was part-time, and she was a waitress at night. Well, a lot of things happened at like three past three o'clock for some reason on this transaction where I'd need to get a hold of her. She could not contact me. She'd say, I'm at work or she texts, sorry, I can't answer my phone. I'm at work. And it was really awful experience. She Mm -hmm. did not know what she was doing because she was paying attention. You know, she was probably torn three different ways. And um, there was a lot of mistakes on her side that frustrated me. And she just was not, still, what what word am I looking for? I couldn't reach her. She's not committed. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, as a real estate agent, the keyword is agent. Mm -hmm. So when you agree to work with someone and they authorize you to represent them, either by a buyer broker agreement or a listing agreement, I mean, you are acting as their agent. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not available, that means your seller's not, I mean, you are acting on their behalf. So you have to be available to represent them in situations like that where it's a seller. I mean, you have to be available, you know, to answer questions. You could cost a sale. You could cost the seller lots of money. Um, Side hustle, well, sure. I mean, I'm sure somebody could get away with it. You'll never make a lot of money uh, because, you know, you just got to commit to it 100%. So, and if you think about it as a side hustle, okay, so Monday through Friday, you're at work at your normal nine to five, whatever. So that means after you get off work, then what, you're going to have showings. But when have you scheduled those showings? Because people during the day, sometimes things are last minute. Um, So then that leaves you to your weekends. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like people that do real estate as a side hustle, it's not it's not a real like it's maybe every once in a while and you're showing your friends. And a lot of people like to have that. um, Oh, I'm a a real estate agent because they think it's cool, but they don't understand that it's it's a hard job, stressful. And, um, you know, Tony and I are 23 and look at (laughs) <laughs> it's all stressful. It is. <laughs> Just kidding. We're 23 times two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I can tell you where in one situation it might would work. Okay. 
So if you get your real estate license and you are a person who buys real estate and flips it, Okay, yeah. Something like that. I mean, a side hustle in that sense, that would work, you know. I think it's unfair to commit to someone unless you're super clear with them. I mean, you tell them, okay, look, real estate's not my full-time profession. I do such and such. I'm not available in these, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And they agree to that, then, okay, you're golden. And I've had I've had clients in the past ask me, are you full-time? Mm-hmm. And, um, yep, okay, are you sure? So if I need you, you're going to answer your phone. And I have to set boundaries. Well, if you call me at midnight, no, I'm not answering my phone. Yeah. Oh, and I usually shut my phone off at like seven o'clock yeah. for family time, and they they understand that. Yeah. But you know they probably had been burned once or twice by part timers. Right. But I don't think it's I don't want people to think that we're being bitchy by saying that. It's just I'm sure it's worked for some and not for others, and it's a great way to get started because real estate is hard. You can't just not have any income when mm-hmm. you first start. Yeah. Yeah. So next. What real estate website is the most accurate? What real estate website is the most accurate? To be honest with you, I think it's hooking up with a real estate agent who ties you directly into the multiple listing service. And, you know, here's why. IDX feeds are where listings are syndicated to these other sites. So Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com. And your agents are supposed to be able to go to these sites and optimize the listing. Uh, But things can happen, you know. I know one of the sites is notorious for pulling old pictures. Well, think about that. So say you are listing a house that was sold three years ago. Maybe it was new construction and the pictures are just really crappy ones. You know, maybe, the, you know, they, the outhouse is still yeah. in front of the house or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, you've literally went and paid a professional photographer to come shoot the house. And when that listing goes live... The big Z will pull these old pictures, and if you in the description, yeah, it happened to me. Yes, mm-hmm. and didn't one happen to us where it had been a short sale? Yes, before and it wasn't now. Yes, and it was pulling up this description about being a short mm-hmm. sale and stuff. And we tried to contact the company to get it fixed, and and literally we could not get it fixed. And what happens is the seller thinks we can do that, mm-hmm. right? And we have to remind them, hey, we don't. We don't work for this company, and we have no real control over what they do. Um, so I would say a lot of times you got to be careful about what's accurate in, in regard to the description and the pictures, Yeah. right? And then as far as statuses, you know, sometimes these sites will still have something listed as active when it's and actually it's pending. Um, yeah, I've been seeing that a lot mm-hmm. lately with the way that the market is, and, you know, it's frustrating. And in fact... I mean, it's happening because the way the market is, even in our MLS, where we're, you know, I'm like, is that really active? And I have to kind of double check because the agents are like, oh, no, we're closing next week. And they have it still and as active? And they have it still as active. Uh, mm-hmm. I gave one an earful. That's just not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. That's a violation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one. Um, yes, next question. So non-MLS sites, though, what would you recommend? You know, if a non-MLS site, I'm going to go ahead and say Realtor.com. Yeah, I would pick Realtor.com as well. Even though, you know, there's things about it that aggravate me, you know. Um, You know, here's the thing. I'm going to give you just kind of go way around to get to the point. But anybody who owns a website 
and gets a lot of visitors can sell ad space on that site, right? So realtor.com, they're all guilty of it. If you go to the site, there's all these little ads running, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, and they're taking your information and next thing you know, you're, you know, they're finding you on social media. Mm-hmm. It's all that. Um, hey, Courtney, what's that called? ID tracking, uh, when you're like, oh, I want to get a purse, and then that same purse is on everything that you're looking at. <laughs> oh, it's IP. They're tracking your IP address. So, I mean, those kind of things happen when you're on those types of sites. That that really aggravates me. Yeah. I mean, if I want to go look at houses, I don't want all the other mm-hmm. stuff. If I, at least if I was a consumer, I would think that. Yeah. I mean, so I find myself going to, if somebody's saying, oh, I found this house... Uh, but I can't find it in the MLS, let's say, I usually go to realtor.com. Mm-hmm. That's usually my go-to um, one. I just find, I don't know why I prefer it. I just do than the others. Yeah. I don't ever, ever even look at what's that, Trulia? Yeah. I like to never even go there. Yeah, me either. So. Will real estate agents become extinct? Will real estate agents become extinct? Hmm. So we've kind of talked about this before. Um and some uh, thoughts and ideals that were being tossed around, you know, I think, I don't know, maybe seven podcasts ago or something. Yeah. And we went kind of in depth on this topic. And yeah, I mean, so Blockbuster, extinct, mm-hmm. right? I mean, think of things that were around that you thought would never go away. And now in hindsight, you're like, wow, I can't believe that that was actually a yeah. thing, right? Real estate's been around for a very, very long time, um, and it has evolved, you know, for certain reasons. Um, Buyer agency is not that old. I mean, there hasn't always been buyer agency, uh, but going back to that whole definition of agent again. So the thing people don't value or don't understand is the act of being the agent on behalf of someone else. And in any... um, dreamed up or imagined new real estate where there aren't real estate agents that's the one thing that goes away the agency right so I think maybe um yeah I mean do I feel 100% confident in the real estate industry staying the way it is no I mean I don't everybody wants a piece of the pie I mean everybody wants a piece of the pie Mm -hmm. and you know I do see that new trends are going to happen and things like that that would take the take the real estate agency part of it out of it, but I think at the detriment of the consumer. Right, sure. and that was what I was going to say. It's only going to hurt the consumer when that happens because we all live in the society where we want things now. We want we don't want to wait, and yeah, maybe people perceive an agent as you know. There's two groups: people that love real estate agents, and there's people that is like. I bought and sold houses without agents. I think they're useless. I don't need them. Mm-hmm. Right. And I still think that there's generation generations of people that will always use a real estate agent. Yeah. Now it's trying to survive during that, right? Which it can be done with a lot of hard work. But there's a certain generation that is not doesn't see our value because they've grown up with everything online and mm-hmm. open door oh there's an open door I can just stop right now and mm-hmm. go see the house myself why do I need an agent well if they dive into it 
you would see that, okay, you like this house and you have no representation, so you're going to call the person that represents the seller, Yeah. right? And if you think about it that way, which is hard because, again, people just see things they want it and they don't sometimes don't step back to yeah. think about that. But I still think we're going to be needed. We are needed, um, but I think there's generations that want us and that see our value and then there's ones that could care less about us we're like a used car salesman to them <laughs> literally yeah. like I I met a woman um years ago and she said oh what do you do and I said oh I'm a real estate agent she said oh I'm sorry I said oh well what do you do <laughs> oh well, I'm a stay-at-home mom oh sorry <laughs> right not I was a stay-at-home mom I think it's the hardest job but at the same time, she had this opinion of a real estate agent that really pissed me off mm-hmm. because she had a bad experience with a listing agent who she also used as a buyer agent. Yeah. And that agent just wasn't a good fit for her. Yeah. Right. So now she's all about for sale by owner and this and this and this. Well, wouldn't you know, she for sells by owners her house. And who does she call three times for advice? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's just it. I mean, if you're selling your house, um, there's so many factors as to why not having an agent. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, if you do get to the finish line and you have avoided paying broker fees, hats off to you. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that you have gone through and risks that you've taken and maybe money you've left on the table that mm-hmm. you don't even know about, right? Um, and as for buyers... You know, it's desperate times to be a buyer right now, you know, and I think, you know, you do anything you can to get into a house, um, but you still need an agent that can kind of help you understand what you're diving into as you're, you know, waiving your inspection period and appraisals, waiving your appraisals. And, you know, we kind of, we see the bigger picture. We don't have the emotion that a buyer or a seller have in the transaction, so we can, we can kind of see beyond tomorrow, right? And that is important, I think, when you're making that kind of big financial decision. And it kind of goes with, like, what type of market you're in. So we're in a seller's market right now, and sellers are like, why should I pay you when I can sell my house in a day? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But is your contract going to fall through within the first week? Yeah. You know, those are all the things. And it's just proven our worth, which is what that's all we can do, yeah, right? That's and, right. That's right. But I don't, I don't think they're going to go away completely because I still think that there's people that are going to need us, that want to use us because mm-hmm. they see that, that we're, we have been, we're worth it, people. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Yeah. What does it mean when real estate is pending? So I remember when, back in our MLS, uh, the question was, what does it mean when real estate is pending? Back um, when I first started here in Florida, the MLS allowed you to have something as active with contract Mm -hmm. as a status, which was a way for a a house to stay active. You know, it was telling everyone that it's under contract, but we're accepting backup offers, Mm -hmm. and it still allowed the house to be visible um, online and syndicated, Mm -hmm. right? Because once a property goes pending sometimes it it pulls away from mm -hmm. that so that status ability was taken away so now a house is either active which means available or pending which means under contract yep when will the real estate market crash question when will the real estate market crash Hmm. i'm looking at my crystal ball here so this is a question that we get right now we're asked a lot Uh you know and um, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. That's my opinion. I feel like we still don't have, prices are still going up. We don't have enough inventory. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing crazy arm loans or all that weird stuff that happened in for 2008. Um, I just don't foresee it happening. 
And it's interesting because it I'm, I'm dealing with two clients right now. Mm-hmm. So my first client, um, I had helped them sell their home here in the new Tampa area, and now they're buying a townhome in Wesley Chapel. But when they bought that house in the two, new Tampa area, they bought it at the height of the market back in like 04 or 05, mm-hmm. right? And now, lo and behold, he's coming back into the market, and it's a seller's market again. And he's like, why do I always buy real estate (laughs) in this market? And as I was kind of trying to talk him through that, you know, as far as what he was paying for a house and waiving the appraisal contingency and, you know, all of these things, he said... Is, you're telling me the same things I heard way back then, and look what happened. Um, on a flip side, I have another client who actually were about to list their house, and they had their house on the market in 2019, and... The conversations I'm having with them, that agent had with them at the time, um, but it's a totally different market, Mm -hmm. you know. So this seller is actually going in and and refinishing their cabinets and doing all these things because back in 2019, if you wanted to sell your house, you needed to be comparable to new construction. Everybody was going to new construction, watching HGTV, and everybody Mm -hmm. wanted the fancy little, you know, lights. Joanna Gaines style. Yeah, and the white cabinets Mm -hmm. and all these things. And, you know, these sellers have that stuck in their mind, even though now they are not competing with new construction because it doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. right? But there's differences in the market, but I can see where both of these people in kind of different situations are hearing my words and they're things that they heard before. Yeah. But like Selena said, in this market, it's different. There was a lot of corruption back in 0405. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were the no doc loans. Mm-hmm. I mean, you literally called the lender and yeah. said, I make a million dollars. Do you? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There were interest-only loans. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, because we've dealt with military mm-hmm. buyers forever and a day, and I remember folks who were being uh, transferred maybe to the Pentagon or otherwise in the Washington, D.C. area, they were doing interest-only mm-hmm. loans because the values were going up so fast that even if they paid interest-only, they were building enough equity that yeah. it wouldn't hurt them, right, until the market crashed, and then they were in big Yes. Yeah, so I had friends in California that were doing that and they were like, this is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just sit back and you watch and it wasn't. It's going to be like this. So, you know, we've talked about this before that it's going to take a whole lot of listings. I think we said 5,000 in our market in the greater Tampa area. Mm-hmm. We'd need about 5,000 listings to come on the market for it to start to, to shift. shift. And I think what you're going to see is an agent's going to be able to recognize as that inventory is ticking up and it's going to be more of a slow kind of transition back to a stable market, right? It's not going to be a crash and no. it's not going to, we're not falling off a cliff or something like that. It's going to be um, pretty stable, pretty slow and steady and you know, it's going to be all right. I think so too. It's funny because last week or the week before I saw a house that was on the market for five days and I'm like, is this the beginning of the shift? (laughs) Even though I knew it wasn't, right? But I'm like, five days in this market? What's the matter? Well, the agent just forgot to put it pending. (laughs) So, well, I kind of felt that. I think I talked a couple Mm -hmm. of podcasts ago about having 10 or 12 houses to show my clients, remember? That was me thinking, hmm, is this starting to shift just a little bit, right? Um, So it is spring. It is summer. I mean, so you're not Actually, going to have a few more listings come on the market now versus like September, mm-hmm. but um, it's going to be slow and steady. Yep. That we don't have any more questions. No more questions. Okay, so now is one of our favorite <laughs> times during the podcast. 
And that is, that that shit ain't gonna work. So, um, I've been writing a lot of offers for one particular buyer. Um, They're relocating from another state. And it's been getting, I mean, when I say offers, I think I've written 25 this week. (laughs) So, that's fine, right? Like, that's just the way it is. Okay. However, I'm submitting offers. I'm writing these amazing emails. Like, my my grammar is amazing in these things. Thank you, Grammarly. And I'm writing really good offers. And what's happening are other agents, professional real estate agents, are not even responding to my email saying, I only need, I don't even care if you send me a period in your reply, mm-hmm. right? Or a thumbs up or something that you've received this email. It's courtesy. It take real estate out of it. It's just proper manners. I am so sick of the lack of manners in real estate right now with other real estate agents that it makes me want to vomit. Um, I think I've had, so I said I submitted 25. I had five real, real responses. Thank you for your offer. I will get back to you. And then if they were declined, proper Oh, sorry, seller want another offer. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of me constantly making phone calls and constantly doing all these emails to follow up, and I get, oh, they just didn't accept your offer. Like, there's, it's just common courtesy, and yeah. I'm so sick of it because things are are good for as a listing agent. They're getting, you know, their clients under contract. That doesn't mean you take away being nice to people. And for me, that shit ain't gonna work. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a, I'm. I'm just not happy with it because we always try to be as courteous as possible. Everybody has their days, and I get that people are busy. I understand that. Yeah. It's not that hard to send an email or a text. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's not that hard. Well, I think what it is is that it's lack of organization. Because if you're a listing agent and you're outside of your comfort zone, maybe you're not an experienced agent. Maybe you haven't been around a long time. You're getting a lot of offers. If you list a house right now, we call it the three days of pain, mm-hmm. right? You're going to be bombarded with phone calls and texts and emails, and it's it's hard to manage all of them. But there's ways to manage all sure. of them, and you need to you need to be able to manage all of them, mm-hmm. or maybe just not list houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I tell you what, because the real estate industry is a small industry and you're going to be rude to somebody and we're going to come back around. We're going to cross paths again. Mm-hmm. And it just makes for the next transaction or interaction with each other awkward. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, it, I mean, it happens, you know, and that's just it. Having the respect of your peers mm-hmm. is really important. Mm-hmm. I mean, because sometimes when you're in a, a situation, a multiple offer situation, it's your reputation as the agent that's that right. helps your contract a little bit. Yep. Right. I mean, always it's, you know, mostly based on the money. But yeah, yeah I mean, you've got a competent agent that has a good reputation and people enjoy working with that person mm-hmm. that could really help out in regards to competing offers. So that was mine. That shit really ain't going to work. Damn it. Answer your phone. Don't make me become Michael Douglas in that movie. What's that movie with the bat that he goes around and starts bashing windows? I don't know. Mm. He's wearing that white shirt with the tie. (laughs) Anyways, I'll have to pull it up. White shirt with the tie. (laughs) All right. Well, this concludes episode 11. Yes. And we will see see you next Tuesday. Tuesday.